listening to the Naked and Known podcast, where we want to break down the fear of imperfection and find true healing through the practice of vulnerability. Wake up! <laughs> no, Wake up, San Francisco. <laughs> All right. <laughs> do we... Oh, wait. How do we do it? I think you start this time. I'll start. Hi, welcome to Naked and Known. I am Tia. And I'm Jocelyn. And today we are going to be talking and hearing about Jocelyn's story. Mm-hmm. Take it away, my friend. <laughs> Taking it away. Take it away. I'm like so ADD that I hope I can stay on track. <laughs> you can do it. Tia's going to help me. I mean, I think we both have a lot of stories we can tell, but these are ones that have really like molded us and shaped us. So starting our story is our story into like, as our introduction into parenthood is what I'll be talking about. Mm -hmm. And it just wasn't really a traditional, you know, planned nine months. (laughs) (laughs) There was no plan. Um, (laughs) Some people do have, unplanned pregnancies but this was not that either right um we had been married for three years when this whole thing happened Mm -hmm. went down and steve's sister got pregnant um she had she had been married um and was recently divorced and this was um another man that she Um, was with for a while and she got pregnant and it was unplanned also (laughs) unplanned everything was unplanned in this situation (laughs) you know I can't really speak for her but I know that there was a lot to cope with and she already had some unhealthy coping mechanisms Um, so the pregnancy just did not go well Mm -hmm. she was you know using substances during the entirety of the pregnancy and and kind of just not really acknowledging that it was happening I mean she would say it but in her actions nothing had really changed because of it unfortunately I mean we were involved to the extent that we could be at the time but there unfortunately isn't really anything you can do when someone is you know, abusing drugs or alcohol in pregnancy because yeah, it's considered their choice of what they want to use, you know. So unfortunately, yeah, until the baby basically is born, you can't really do much to protect it. You can try to like encourage that person mm-hmm. and do whatever you can, interventions and all that stuff, which we did all those things. But, you know, nothing really changed the situation. So I think you know, we were obviously involved in it, but to an extent that, you know, as much as we could be, but she hadn't really invited us into that much of it. And Ronnie was born nine months later-ish. She was like a little bit early, maybe like three weeks early or something. And he was three pounds, seven ounces when he was born. Very tiny. Very tiny. Um, But, you know, pretty... I mean, considering he was Mm -hmm. only in the NICU for two weeks, he was, you know, septic and he was diagnosed with fetal alcohol syndrome when he was born. Immediately, you know, when there's that kind of diagnosis, everybody's, you know, there. And I think DCFS, I don't know exactly when they got in touch. I think, I think they like knew about the situation from the OBGYN before Ronnie was born, but it was kind of like, again, they can't do anything until the baby's born. That was kind of when they intervened and tried to set up like a recovery plan um, for 
Steve's sister. And at that point was kind of when we were more involved because the baby was there and he ended up going to stay with Steve's parents for a month, a month. Uh, yeah. I want to say I'll probably be corrected by them if they month or <laughs> two. I can't remember. We'll give them two. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he, he must have been there for two, about two months. Yeah, he, but Stacy was only was Steve's sister was only there for um, a couple weeks of that time in the beginning, um, and she had been doing a little bit better. It seemed like, but then you know she started using again, and so. Um, they set up like an order of protection because they did not feel, you know, that the baby was safe there with her living in the house as well. Um, so she ended up having to move out at that point. And, you know, my husband's parents did just a great job trying to balance yeah. as best they could, you know, what, right. I mean, what should be grandparents and, mm-hmm. you know, Steve's father working full time and all that. And um, his mom having stuff with the house and managing her own life and health and all that. It's, it was a lot to have a newborn there and have sleepless nights and they weren't really prepared for all this either. So we kind of like got as many supplies as we could. One of my coworkers at the hospital had donated, well, like given me a crib because I knew that this baby was coming, but I was like, yeah, maybe they can use it. I don't think they have a crib. Um, so we had brought that over and set that up and everything, other people gave supplies, diapers and stuff. So at that point, did you think of what was about to happen? Like no. when they, okay. <laughs> I think we were totally in denial. <laughs> it's like looking back, it should have been pretty obvious right. that this was not sustainable for them. Yeah. And they, I mean, God bless them. They did so well and like really just loved him so well. It was just like, it was too much, you know? And they, they even knew that themselves. Like he just didn't really sleep at night at all. And they're, you know, they can't function like that. You know, they're like in their 50s, 60s. So no, I should have probably seen that coming. And, but we didn't even really know that we were the next in line. Technically, it was kind of like Steve has another sister who could have also been in line. We didn't know. We we never talked about this stuff, you know? So it was just kind of like, we'll just really support them. And, you know, Steve's other sister, DL, would go help out at um, her parents' house and give Ronnie baths and that kind of thing to just, like, help. And kept telling them like, yeah, we'll take him for overnights. We can do, we can like babysit him. <laughs> you need right. a break. Um, but circumstances had to change suddenly because there was a misunderstanding about um, Ronnie. They had thought that there was like the doctor had thought that he had a bottle burn on his lip, mm-hmm. which it ended up, it seems like it might've been more related to like a dog allergy, mm-hmm. um, which Steve's parents have a dog in their house. So we didn't really know what was happening, but the doctor had diagnosed it as a bottle burn. So the baby got taken out of their care. And basically the case manager was like, within 24 hours, somebody else needs to pick up this child or else he's going into like the foster system. I was in the car when Steve's mom had this conversation with the social worker. And cause I think Just we had brought, I think we, yeah, I think she and I had maybe brought him to a doctor's appointment or something. So she told the social worker, she started like asking me, what's your date of birth and <laughs> that kind of thing. And I was like, 
What, uh, well, what do you mean why? Because I couldn't hear the other side of the conversation. The social worker had said within 24 hours, this seems to happen. And she was kind of like shocked and asking questions and stuff. But I didn't know what the other person was saying on the other line. So I just heard that my name was being given <laughs> our birthdays oh, and all that stuff. So, so yeah. So she got off the phone and basically told me he's got to go to your house to like by tomorrow, which was going to be a Tuesday. So I was in shock and I was kind of, Steve wasn't there with me. So I was like, okay, you know, what do I do with this information? Right. Um, so I think I'm sure I called him. <laughs> I kind of told him the situation. But yeah, so then we basically the next day went to their house and picked up all the gear and packed up that crib again and got whatever they had and took him to our house. And I mean, luckily, I mean... I know God orchestrated it this way, but we had just moved into a new place that had two bedrooms. Um, Before that, we had lived in smaller places with just one bedroom. So so there was a place for him and for the crib, but that's Mm -hmm. all. I mean, I had no Mm -hmm. decorations up. You know, I remember like the first week he was there. I was like, I need to get decorations in this room for the baby, you know? So I was like making this, I made this like cloth banner that he still has up in his room now and is in our new house. But, um, it's like this nautical. Cause I was like, I guess nautical was like a good theme. I don't know. There's a lot of baby nautical (laughs) stuff. So I guess I'll just do that. He probably doesn't care. Blue. So yeah, exactly. It's blue. It's boy. Uh, so I like made this banner and I just remember that kind of turning into something that was like symbolic. Like we were kind of like raising and like carrying his banner or whatever, like, yeah. like, um, his champions or whatever in the end. Um, but there are a lot of <laughs> steps before that. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, so when Steve and I first heard the news, our initial reaction was to cry. <laughs> we both right. cried a lot that night. Um, the day before we picked him up. And yeah, it's not like you had a preparation. It'll be like, this is our last date night or no, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. And I think it was so, we just did, we had no idea what the future would hold. Like, right. is this really for real happening? You were, mm. we're still kind of in denial about it. Like this surely wouldn't be forever. This wouldn't be how this happens to right. us. Right. Yeah. Like something's going to change. She's going to get better. She's yeah. going to be able to, you know, take him back. And so for a long time, we were kind of hoping that that would ha- that would be the case, and we were, and you know that was the whole transition in it, of itself when we started to want to keep him instead of wanting him to go back yeah. somewhere else. Because it, you know, we're thinking about ourselves at that point. We weren't bonded to this child, really. We were just kind of like, we totally want to take care of him and protect him, but we'd really like to just go back to our lives the way they were and yeah, freedom. Um, yeah. The freedom of Night's it. Out. And so it was, it was just so sudden, you know? So I think mm-hmm. it took us a while to kind of cope with that. So I remember trying to do things that would help us cope, which Steve um, was really good at using humor to Oh yeah, the blog. the blog. Yeah, oh I know. I word, just thought blog. of that when I was thinking about all these details. So Steve set up this blog <laughs> called Tyranny and Diapers. It's probably still up somewhere. Yeah, you probably, probably is. find it. <laughs> but he would take these pictures of Ronnie, and they'd be. Like he'd always make them black and white and uh-huh. he'd always be like scowling in them, or like staring off at something like angrily. And the the poor kid, you know, he was like 
developmentally delayed so he didn't smile for like a while <laughs> like basically every look was like a scowl and he had reflux and all these things so it's like he was so uncomfortable the poor baby um but you know that's he's a that was one now. thing yeah he's fine yeah. now but um that was one thing <laughs> he did to kind of cope with it just right. laughing at these things and yeah I don't you have to yeah because I mean I don't think we would have gotten through it so laughing about it and and actually, I just read through because it was our our eighth anniversary last week. And Steve had made us a book on our fifth anniversary, which is before our second born was born. And he says in it, you know, like the end of the book, it's like all pictures of us, you know, in the mm-hmm. beginning. And then it was like, then his reign of tyranny began or something <laughs> like that. And then it's got pictures of Ronnie in it, um, which is super cute. But he said in it something to the effect of like, I looked through all the pictures that we have of like the first days when Ronnie was with us. Mm -hmm. And I tried to find, it's like, makes me tear up, but like, I tried to find the angst and like the questions and all the frustrations and the anger. But like, all I could see was two parents who were, you know, who were caring for, the child, you know? Yeah. And like, it's so true. Like when I look back at those pictures, it's like, mm-hmm. it's all smiles. And like, we loved him from right. the start and mm-hmm. just had so much fun having him, even though it was like a torturous season in right. some ways too. Like we never felt that resentment towards him. Like he was just such a gift, you know, from the yeah. beginning. But yeah, another thing that got us through community. Yeah. Um, I think if we, if it hadn't been for our community, we would have just died or given up like way sooner. Yeah, we were in, all of us were in small group then. Mm -hmm. So we literally had small group the night we picked him up. Like we picked him up at 4 p.m. or something. I think he had a doctor's appointment. So we took him home and our small group came over because we usually hosted it. And we were like, we have this baby now. So can you guys guys help us? First ones to have a kid. It was crazy yeah I think like one like maybe one other couple one other couple yeah had a little Um, girl yeah otherwise yeah and we we just had no real experience I mean babysitting maybe Steve had never changed a diaper before I mean I had for babysitting only though you know and even like my sisters I think only one of my sisters had kids by that point one of my four sisters had kids at that point so I just didn't know that much and I you know I liked holding babies if they were around but I didn't know how to take care of one and being a nurse does not prepare you for that if you work with geriatrics (laughs) I never worked with kids I didn't know anything so like Praise the Lord, there were like nurses in the group mm-hmm. and people who knew about babies, yeah. and people who could tell me how to like make formula and do all the stuff that like you, I just didn't know. I never like, totally. got to prepare for that. And I, I didn't know how long like a bottle would last mm-hmm. in the fridge. I had to be told like, you can't save that. You have to throw that away. <laughs> you can't like keep I wouldn't know that it. either. Yeah. It was so horrible. I probably caused half of his reflux. No. But that's oh. <laughs> like a bad thing about. But um, oh. literally like we didn't know anything, but yeah. <laughs> we obviously cared. So that matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I remember a small group like people bringing us gifts and just, I don't know, like so much love coming Mm -hmm. from all of you guys 
Tio and our other friend Lene brought. <laughs> they like went to I think a resale shop. Yeah, it was just went shopping one day for stuff mm-hmm. for Ronnie. Yep, because you know I again I didn't really have like decorations or that many toys or you anything. Were working full time too. Oh, I was working full time. Oh yeah. yeah. We don't even need to get into all that. <laughs> but yeah, you guys brought me that huge giraffe, remember? It was like four feet tall. <laughs> it was huge. And he was only like was four like pounds. My when dream you got stuffed animal from childhood. Like I never got a big stuffed animal like that. I always wanted to find one at the fair. <laughs> it was, it like, was enormous. It's going to cost me a hundred bucks to play these games at the fair <laughs> to win this, but I'm going to do it. No, but Aww. anyways, it was enormous. And we have like really funny pictures of Ronnie. Yeah. With the giraffe. That picture made the blog. Yeah, probably. (laughs) He was like running away from the giraffe when he was a little older. Oh, yeah. Um, He was so scared. I know. It was like literally bigger than him. So anyways, those things literally got us through. And again, like the laughter and just the fun that and the support that everyone had for us. Babysitting and all those. So we could Mm -hmm. still leave the house, you know. And it really he became like a communal baby. I mean, mm-hmm. he was, he wasn't even, we didn't feel like he was ours, you know? So we were like, anybody can hold him. Anybody can do whatever yeah. they want. You probably know better than we do. I mean, to, to yeah. an extent, you right. know, obviously <laughs> handing him off to strangers, but like our friends who know things, I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. help me. Like, give me advice and all this stuff. And obviously we had to come to like our own decisions on some things later on. We were like, okay, we're getting a lot of advice now and we need to like right. decide Tone what we're going to do yeah. with him ourselves. But I mean, it was just invaluable. So uh, one of our friends, Valerie, had told us, you need to get him started in early intervention. So when he, because he came to us at eight weeks old, he was about, I think, six or seven pounds at that point. So like a newborn size. And he had developmental delays. So our friend had told us, who's a social worker, she told us, you need to get him in early intervention as soon as possible. And we were like, what's early intervention? Yeah, we have no idea. Right. So she kind of explained it to us. It's like a state-funded program. They have therapists and all this stuff. This is like literally meant for kids like him. Mm -hmm. Um, We got hooked up with them and they literally like led us all the way till he went to preschool. Honestly, like he had PT, OT, speech therapy, developmental therapy. They helped him so much. And like we had different therapists along the way, but they were all just so supportive and really got him to like where he needs to be and just gave us direction because we wouldn't have known what to do with him or what you know like they literally set him up for preschool in his program which has been amazing Mm -hmm. um I just can't sing their praises enough if your kid has any issues like that look them up because it's awesome and I guess it's state funded for us sorry I should say I know some parents do pay for early intervention but they it's just a really really cool program well so how how was your relationship like with um Stacy during this time it was kind of up and down as far Mm -hmm. as her involvement um so when we first got him we were more just caregivers not like official foster parents. It took us about a year before Mm -hmm. we had like the official foster license. And that it was a really tough year because everything was just ill-defined. We didn't know, we didn't have official paperwork that we could like bring him to doctor's appointments and stuff like that. I just, I remember times when I was like crying at the doctor's office because like they wouldn't see him because Mm. I was not technically his parent. And I'm like, 
but I am like I'm doing everything that a parent is supposed to do, but I, like I don't have the paperwork yet because we hadn't been like officially trans like the case wasn't transferred to foster care. It was an intact case still like in the family and they try wow. to keep it that way. You know, because obviously like the goal is reunification with the parent, the biological parent. And so he was out of that house, but he was still considered, it was just like a messy situation. Yeah. It was not ideal. Um, so we got no like funding, support, anything like that from the state. Even though we're technically like doing foster care, it wasn't official. And when that changed, you know, everything changed and it, it was a lot better and we got a lot more support. I don't know. It's hard to remember, honestly. It feels so far off, but I do remember it being really spotty at times and then her being like really consistent with visits at times too. And I think for us, it was just confusing. You know, we went through, through a period where we wanted Ronnie, like I said, to go back and live. We wanted her to get better. And I mean, that always was our goal. We always wanted that for her. You know, we'd get hopeful at times. We also just had a lack of trust there with her for pretty much like the entire time. So we would try to rebuild trust in different ways, but it was just, it was hard to even know how and when to believe her and when she was doing better or wasn't. And um, and obviously we didn't want to put him in a situation where he was at risk. Um, so I think I, I was torn a lot of the time because I wanted to be like, loving towards her and open and like free. But I, I also had like, I think in the beginning, I definitely had some like bitterness of like, yeah, I'm like doing all this work, but then you can just like waltz in here whenever you want to Mm -hmm. and bring a pack of diapers or not bring a pack of diapers. And then it's like, you get your time. I don't know. You know, I really struggled with that in the beginning because I think that was the whole transition of me like feeling like I am becoming like his parent. And, but for a long time, I mean, honestly, we wouldn't, we didn't even have him call us mom and dad, you know? And I know a lot of foster parents struggle with that. Like, when do we say that? Or Mm -hmm. when is it appropriate to start calling ourselves mom and dad? Is that like confusing for the kids? Or I think it was one of the, the developmental therapists in early intervention that told us, you know, it's okay to have him call you that. You could even say, I'm Mama Jossie, I'm Papa Steve, you know? Mm-hmm. So like our names are involved with it. So then she can still be Mama Stacy, and that's like, okay, yeah. if that's what she wants to be, you know, having to decide even those titles, you know, it's, right. it's such a confusing thing. Cause we were like, we don't, we're auntie and uncle for the longest time. So yeah. he just said nothing. He called us nothing because he couldn't say yeah. those words yet. You right. know, he wasn't... He yeah, wasn't he really wasn't even t- big enough. He yet wasn't to talking well enough yet. Like Mama Dada might have been okay, yeah. but like Same. not Auntie and Uncle. Right. <laughs> really hard for <laughs> really hard. So we might have messed up his speech a little bit at the beginning too. We've done a lot of, <laughs> we've done some harm, some good. Oh, um, awesome. But anyways, so when we did you know, we did always have the goal of protecting him, and I think that got stronger and stronger as we got closer with him. Yeah. I remember one time we were still, I think we weren't foster, official foster parents yet. And we had done a visit, kind of like an informal visit, but it was at church. Um, and Stacy and I had sat, sat in the mother's like area at church and we were watching the sermon. Um, and I realized that she was like under the influence of something and had to like put my foot down and say like, cause Steve wasn't there. He mm-hmm. was playing music that day. So I was, I basically was like, I need to like take him now and we're not, we can't do this visit. Cause that was the boundary that we had yeah. set with her. Um, 
And it was very hard, but like I knew something in me was changing and was like, this child will be protected no matter what the cost is, no matter how uncomfortable this is for Mm me. That was Um, your job to protect it. That was literally my job. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we also had to, even in that, like we were trying to act as lovingly as possible towards him and like show him the love, but we were holding back, you know, we were holding back our hearts because the more we want, we got close to him and bonded with him and wanted him there the scarier it got to mm-hmm. really give our hearts fully away to him because we knew the situation and we knew that this could change at the drop of a hat, you know? So right. it was kind of a weird position to be kind totally. of pulling and giving and trying to hold back. But also like we never would want him to feel like we were holding back or like we weren't giving him our full affection and love. And it was a little spotty there with the the relationship with Stacy for a long time. Um, and I remember, you know, having like birthday parties where she was doing better and she just wanted to like be there and be involved and be in the pictures and all this stuff. And I think for me, those are the times when I feel like I, I failed in it because those were gifts that I could give her. Mm-hmm. Those were things that weren't really costing me but would mean a lot to her would, Mm. you know, those would be things that she would be able to hold on to and memories that she would have. And he would have, you know, he was small still, but, and I feel like her position was kind of a shameful one for her to show up at a birthday party where everybody knows the situation and that he had to be taken from her. Um, And I, I just remember having this realization at some point, like, you know, the Christ-like thing, like after a birthday party when I was super mad and felt like everything was... You did all this work. I did all and this she, work and yeah. then she could just show up with balloons or whatever. Right. Um, I just had this distinct feeling that it was like you had... You're in the place of control. You're in the place of power and you're using that against her instead mm. of using it to cover her shame wow. in the situation. And that is what Christ has done for us and would Mm. do for us. So that hit me really hard. And I think after that point, I did have a change in attitude towards her. And, and it's still, you know, it still was a confusing situation. It still wasn't like clean cut. And I, I still went back and forth as far as how I felt and wanting control in situations and all that. But I think it came down to, this is a person that you still should be loving showing love to in whatever way you can um but that is hard it's hard when you don't have trust in that relationship so that was where I struggled anybody Um, would have struggled with that like typically a foster situation is like you don't really talk to the mm -hmm. biological parent you know so it's like when you're family yeah that's it's just a whole nother level of mess I don't know what's better. You know, right. I, I think there's I complicating factors oh, totally. in each of those things. Cause even, yeah, for not knowing that's a scary thing too, to like yeah. not know the situation, not know the chances of things going through to like adoption or, you know, her getting cleaned up right. or whatever, or the parent. Um, 
So that can be confusing too. You just, mm-hmm. you don't know as much, but yeah, that might don't. be freeing in some ways too. But I feel like we did, we knew everything that happened, you know, and we would hear from Steve's parents if we didn't hear it from her. And there was There's a lot of complicated things in there. All of that. Yeah. And like some of it was just really informal. Whereas the foster stuff would be more kind of formalized of like, mm-hmm. this is when the visit is and they have to be there at this point. Or So once we started the foster thing, I think that helped us a little bit because we didn't have, we had the choice to not um, supervise visits. And that's kind of what we went with just to give ourselves a break from that, those, that relationship that was kind of strained a lot of the time. Um, so we took that time <laughs> to be like, you know what? He's safe. We trust the right. case manager. And we had a new one when we got um, the foster care and she was great. And it was like, you know what? This is fine. This is good. He can go spend time with her. And there were times that she didn't come to those visits as well. But um, sometimes she did. And it was one of those things where, yeah, you're kind of questioning and you're wondering what's going to happen. Is this going to change everything? But it was it was a way for us to let go of control in some way too. Right. And to to just have a break. I think we just needed a break at that point. Yeah. But yeah, foster care is really hard. <laughs> People who have done it know that. This was, you know, a family foster situation. So it was complicated. It was a real blessing also to just have it become more like defined and to have paperwork that said that we're able to have this child. You know, before that we would have to, if he ever had like a procedure or certain doctor's offices just to be seen by the doctor, we would have to get a hold of Ronnie's biological mom Mm -hmm. and have her give the okay that he could be seen or that he could. And if we couldn't reach her, you know, then I might've just driven to Chicago and then have to drive right back. I mean, so to like children's, you know, hospital or whatever. So yeah, this was better in that we had the official foster stuff in place. Those decisions. Yes. And they sent us a check to help with the, you know, financial aspect and all that. Um, And they gave us vouchers for like furniture because there were all all these new restrictions once they did our home visit and all that. So it was like, oh, this crib is outdated. You can't have a drop side on the crib. And we had no idea. They gave us a lot of the foster care being official gave us a lot of benefits as well. But we did have to jump through some hoops. You know, they have to do like a whole home inspection at that point. They might have done that before too, but they have to do like a new one. And then they did an interview for us. We had to do like later we did adoption classes and all that stuff. So I don't know. I like you did it backwards a little bit. It felt like it, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like usually you do all that stuff up front. Right. And then you're like, yes, we're ready for a foster child. They can come to live with us. Even if, you know. Yeah. So yeah, that's actually a good point. And it took a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yeah. a year. Yeah. For that to happen. <laughs> Thank God though, we did have the community and people that were just willing to be there with us. Yeah. And I mean, people people gave us so many diapers. Some like random coworker from work, I remember, brought me like Kirkland Aww. um like wipes and diapers that lasted me like months. I'm telling you, like she bought me oh, so many. Wow. She was like, I just wanted to drop these off. And it was so sweet. And I just remember like random acts of kindness like that from people around. Yeah. Two of our other friends bought me like a wrap so I could, so oh, I yeah, could pull I in. That. And, uh-huh. Yeah. So I don't know. These are like really special memories that mm-hmm. I have and I will not forget. Eventually, you know, this might've gone on for a lot longer Mm -hmm. because we were already about 
two years in, over two years in, um, he was over two years old and, um, Stacy decided to relinquish her parental rights instead of, you know, those being taken by the court, which would have probably meant that this could have been more like longer, many more years, you know, that could have happened. Because anytime that they're making any steps forward, she could have recovered, you know, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. this was the decision that she made. And I think she felt at this point in time um, that she should become like the role of an aunt in his life. Mm-hmm. And she chose that. She chose. Um, and I know that that was a really hard thing for her. Of course. Obviously, like for obvious reasons. I think she started to see like he, he wa- she said to us at one point, I know that he needs like a mom and dad and that's, and that's you guys. So that was the decision that she made. And I mean, we were so grateful and it was still, we still had a really rocky relationship after, you know, cause we're still trying to toe that line of like, is it, is this a safe thing? Is this a healthy thing for them? Um, and I think looking back, we probably, we wish we had made more of an effort when we had the time. She passed away about, a little over a year ago. And yeah, it just brings back so many like memories and feelings because mm-hmm. like Ronnie does have some memories of her that he's told me recently. Um, but we just wish there were more, right. you know, and more time and you can't get that back. Yeah. Once mm-hmm. it's gone. So I can't say that I, you know, I look back and I have so many regrets and cause I think at the time we did what we thought was right. Right. But you know, if we could do it again, Of course. It it would look different if we knew, you know, it would look different for us. Mm -hmm. You know, after we adopted Ronnie, you know, he's about to, he'll be five this summer, which is crazy. He's going to kindergarten. I can't believe how big he is. (laughs) But we adopted him and we did an adoption party. And even that, you know, had like mixed feelings because I think Mm -hmm. it was, we were kind of mourning her loss while we celebrated, you know, this finality of the decision and, and that's just a hard place to be. Again, I think it's like more a family thing because if you're doing, and it, you, you might have those feelings even if you don't know the family that well because it is it can be a sad thing in that way. But I think, you know, mm-hmm. I've seen other people throw adoption parties where it's like a kid from an orphanage overseas or something like that where it's like, it's just, this just seems pretty happy. You know, right. it doesn't seem, um, but you're you're not face-to-face with that person that, yeah, that is experienced the kid. loss. Yeah, yeah, right. So I think we we definitely felt that tension as well. But it, I mean, it was such a happy day. Mm-hmm. And, um, and Ronnie is very aware that he's mm-hmm. adopted and he talks about it. And I mean, to yeah, he does. whatever extent <laughs> he can understand. Yeah, and he understands that you know, Auntie Stacy was his biological mom that he, I mean, he wouldn't say that exactly in those words, but <laughs> that he grew that in her be belly. Yeah. <laughs> nice <laughs> word, Ronnie. Um, no, he's not that advanced yet, but <laughs> at some point he, ex- he understands to the extent that he can and he's proud of it, you right. know? And I think that's something that we really wanted to be true for this adoption we didn't want and this is something we'd kind of talked about in adoption classes and stuff too so I'm sure we're not the only ones who know this but you know it's like good for kids to know early on that there's adopt that they are adopted and to know that you know we we chose to have you in our family Mm -hmm. you know this is this was not something that God just gave you to us which can happen is which is a wonderful gift too but like we actually wanted you and we like chose you to Mm -hmm. to live with us and to be with us forever 
you know, to us, Ronnie really is our firstborn. I mean, we got mm-hmm. him at eight weeks old. Right. And he's it's a baby. And he's like oddly like me in a lot of mm-hmm. weird ways. Like, he likes to be clean. He's super, he likes to be clean. He doesn't <laughs> like to get his hands dirty. He's, he's a like, mini Danny Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> he's lactose intolerant, which I don't know where that came from, but I have it. Yeah. And he's Danny Tanner. Shush. Um, yes, I am Danny Tanner. We keep referencing Full House this episode. <laughs> <laughs> if we keep the part from the beginning, right. wake up, wake up. <laughs> but yeah, like all these weird things, like he, mm-hmm. he's, I think he's like a seven, six on Enneagram, six wing. He's totally. So seven, he's yeah. like, cause he's so he, but he's got like the fearful side to yeah. him. Like I do. Yeah. And I, <laughs> of he's course like you're Robbie. scared of that. Yep, exactly. <laughs> he's exactly like Robbie. He's so um, social though. I think that yeah. like for him to be around so much of our community, like he was he's always so outgoing. Like totally. he makes friends so easily and I mean it's so it sweet. has to be and I guess yeah, it's like the question of like nature or nurture. Like was he just born social? But I'm like mm-hmm. This kid has been around a lot of people from yeah. like the day he came to our house, you know? So true. And it it just never really stopped from there because we've always just been involved in communities and whatever. But I think that early exposure definitely, you know, and yeah. being used to like being in different hands and he didn't really have like attachment issues with no. us and all that stuff. So we could easily watch him without him like freaking out yeah yeah so (laughs) exactly (laughs) for the most part he's had his moments yeah um don't we all but I mean honestly yes we do (laughs) I mean he's just been such a joy like I said from the beginning even before he smiled (laughs) it was Mm -hmm. just such a cutie and watching him grow and overcome so many obstacles like I don't know. It's just been an amazing journey to be able to see like him work with a therapist and and like not want to do any like cross body activities because it's like his left brain and right brain shouldn't have been able to like communicate that well because of some brain damage in utero. And like he literally like is doing everything he's that a normal. He's like, he's a miracle. He's super athletic, like yeah. more than our biological <laughs> so far Ollie you'll get there oh um, Ronnie's pretty fast he's, he's super fast yeah. he's very like coordinated he's really good at sports you yeah. know so um when he wants to try that's the other aspect but um but hey, yeah he can take a ball to the head <laughs> <laughs> and he just keeps going <laughs> nothing stops that kid um but it's so true like we've yeah. just and we've gotten to see the miracles like along the way for right. him and just see him work really hard like even as a little baby when he started working mm-hmm. with these therapists Aww. I remember him just like not wanting to do these certain things and they'd be like come on Ronnie you can do it and he's like okay you know like <laughs> trying to crawl and trying to walk and oh like his first steps were just like the best thing ever because he was like the shortest yeah. walker I've ever it's so cute. He kind of did like the the crawl on like all fours. Remember he would yeah. do that? Oh, yes. Like the bear crawl. That's the right. bear crawl. He, he still does that he sometimes. Does. And we tell him, stop acting like an animal. And get off the floor. <laughs> Is that wrong? Should we nah. just let him do He's that? We're like, you're a boy. Get off the floor. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It's, Dan- it's the Danny Danner thing. And you're too. like, stop putting your hands on the floor. <laughs> oh. He is a miracle though. And I really... I mean, from watching you guys become parents in 24 hours, it's like 
he is the way he is because of you and Steve. Mm. I mean, he, I mean, obviously, and there's other people included in that, but totally. like he is healthy. He's, mm-hmm. there's so many things that like, because of his environment, he could not be where he's at mm-hmm. today, you know, mm-hmm. and he's just going to keep growing and yeah. he's such a, such a sweet kid. Yeah, he is. We love Ronnie. He's, he's like our mascot. Kid. He's our mascot. Kid. <laughs> he was our original. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we love all the, the others. Original. Too. Yeah. <laughs> um, he just holds a special place in all of our he hearts. He does, like, and I think I love that because it's uh-huh. like so many people have been invested in him from the beginning and yeah. still like check in on him and want to know like how is he doing and yeah. see how it, we actually. Um, saw one of his other, one of his therapists, you know, Aww. not too long ago. And she was just like watching him and like, this is amazing. We got to tell her like, you literally did this mm-hmm. for him, you know? Oh, so it was totally. like a really special OT um, that he worked with. And I mean, he made so much progress with her. So anyways, but we got to like show her Aww. how he's doing and he's just a joy. He's, he loves to laugh. He's always making joy. He's like the class clown at preschool. <laughs> so unfortunately, <laughs> if you tell him you're going to give him a donut, you better, you better give the kid a donut because <laughs> for a 16 hour Colorado drive, he never forgot about the donut. <laughs> he kept like, we kept being like, Ronnie, if you just go to sleep, you'll have a donut when you woke up, he'd like sleep for two hours and be like, can I have my donut now? <laughs> every like, yeah, every two hours you wake up. Did you save him one? No, and then Robbie oh. would like secretly eat it. Like, and he saw Robbie eat his donut. And he's like, donut. These kids literally, you cannot get forget. a snack past them. It's so annoying. I want to just have a snack it. by myself sometimes. <laughs> They're like, can I have some mac? Can I have some? Like, you just ate. Leave I know. Alone. It was like a after 16 hours, I couldn't believe. I'm like, don't Still kids remembered. forget these things? Aren't they like goldfish? That is awesome. Oh my goodness. Yes. Uh, Aren't nope. they like goldfish? <laughs> forget every three seconds? No, that's not true. Barely not. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> Memory of steel, that boy. I guess some takeaways from this story. I don't know. Take what you want. But I just feel like <laughs> adoption like fostering and adopting are a special calling and they are, I don't know, just like amazing ways to show, like to share the gospel with the world and like a hurting world. Like as believers in Jesus, it's like, we know that we're adopted into God's family and this is, you know, a practical way. And I know it's, (laughs) I mean, I'm not taking it lightly. I know what it is to go through all this, but also, I mean, what a beautiful gift to give to a child that doesn't have, you know, Mm -hmm. a mom or dad and, um, or someone, you know, to, to teach them normal things about life. I don't know. It's just like to be in that role is so important. And I feel like more people should do it. Like there's so many needs out there. So if you have any desire whatsoever to look into it, I would say just do it. Cause it's like, I mean, it's just going to be a blessing for everybody. Um, But also super hard. And obviously I've expressed Mm -hmm. a lot of those hard things, confusing things, but, but I really want to do a plug for this new movie. (laughs) It's not that (laughs) new anymore, I guess, but that movie instant family, such a good movie. Like, Literally, did you weep through it too? Because Steve and I were like weeping. The first yeah. Time well, it was we probably more it. emotional for you. I mean, it wa- it was. It was like it was. Robbie's always like the emotional one with yeah. movies, but like <laughs> it's such a good film. It's so good. Like I felt it really painted a realistic picture, even though mm-hmm. there are 
the fluffy things oh, in there totally. too. You know, of course, I mean, it's a movie, but at the same time, it just, I think it brought back so many memories of like our classes and like people we met that we were like, <laughs> that's a strange person. I that's about that. Sure, I would want them to go with the kid, but also that's the, what I'm saying. Like, right. If you're normal, you should pause. <laughs> if you're not normal, <laughs> people who aren't do it. And they pass all the checks. But seriously. Right. Um, so but I do, I mean, I just encourage if you, if you're interested at all, look into it because I think it's such a special gift. Um, or you know, if you can't do it, get involved with safe families or something safe that's families. like short term. Yeah. yeah. I mean we've thought about that one. That would be awesome. Yeah. That's How my wonderful. story. <laughs> it's such a good story. And I'm so glad you're able to share it. And I can't believe he's going to be five. I can't either. It's he's so old. It's just nuts. It's crazy. It's weird to even like think back through all these things because it's just like so much has happened. And Right. Yeah. Wait, will he be in ki- kindergarten? Kindergarten. Kindergarten. Yeah. yeah, I know. And he's like the rock star and of his he's class. he's going to be, yeah. Like he's, he's like Mr. Popular. He was like the teacher's pet too, we found out. <laughs> Apparently, like her favorite. She was like. So he takes <laughs> after you. <laughs> Goody two shoes. <laughs> Don't break the rules, Yeah, Daddy. he would always be like, do like this little voice, I guess, with all the little kids. Like, here, let me help you. You know, <laughs> like, is he putting on a show or is this oh, yeah. for real? <laughs> teacher's pet. His teacher was pretty, so. Yeah, that's probably what yeah, did it for him. Pretty girl. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that concludes our episode. All right, well, thanks for listening. Yeah, enjoy. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> I never know how to end it. Peace out. Peace out. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, leave us a review and click subscribe.